<laughs> oh, the kid's a natural. What can I say? <laughs> oh, welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 216, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone, especially you. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we don't normally have a baby on here, but we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. We read all super chats on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize my channel. If you're drinking along with us, be it alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shout outs as we go along. And last but not least, if you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support us in what we do, consider joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to the Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome and ever-growing community that hangs out over there. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like that plug? You didn't like that plug? Well, they you didn't say you get to talk to him. I, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, X is on there sometimes, too. Yeah. So, in his awesome, awesome blanket. I know. I was going to say, speaking of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that uh, the next generation was trending? Did today? you see Deep Space Nine started the trending? Yeah. Deep Space yes, Nine was yes. trending yesterday. Yes. And yes, and because of that, they're like, well, can we get TNG trending too? See, again. Because <laughs> <you know. laughs> we don't need to boast. Right. We know right. we're the best. Yeah. Like, ah, we know it, you know it, everyone knows it. Yep. Okay. I, uh, I don't see a Captain Cisco on that blanket. Uh, he's on the backside, I think. Yeah. Where, where are the baby poops? There's a wharf, there's a Riker, I got data. Yeah. Oh, what's yep. going on, buddy? What's going on, buddy? It's his bedtime. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I'm going to be a YouTube star. Oh, goodness. Uh, oh, drama. Oh, yes. All the drama. Yeah. Why can't we just love both Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> can't we all just get along? <laughs> uh, he's a he's a Discovery fan. Oh, don't you put that doll. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Reverend says, not going to lie, I'm in the middle of a DS9 rewatch, and it's at least been at least a year since my last TNG <laughs> rewatch. Yeah, it's it's been a while since yeah. I've I've done both of those. It's probably been about a year and a half. Yeah. So there's so many he says, other I'm shows done, I've been Mama. catching up on and redoing, and uh, so many remakes that have been going on that I just like ah. I try I tried to redo the Dexter, couldn't do Dexter. Yeah. Uh, in time, I I got through like three seasons, and I was like, I got through my favorite season, and I was like, okay, I'm done. Uh, Every now and then, though, like, uh, Star Trek will show up on, you know, the, what is it, BBC. And I'll, okay, I'll watch it yeah. really quick, you know, late at night. Oh, yeah. Like, what's on, what's on? I should probably watch, oh, Star Trek. What? The, oh, that's a good episode. I'll watch that for, you know, 40 minutes and fall asleep. Oh, all right. Let's go ahead and get into the best part of every Wednesday. That is the beer. John, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, uh, I have <laughs> a uh, stout. Do you? A, a imperial stout, Jeff. One of your personal favorites. 
Ooh. I have the parabola. Oh, you got parabola. Yes. Oh. The 2020. Nice. So I will be. What's funny is that up. was going to be my guess. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I kind of figured. It's a great stout. It, right? Like, it, it's seriously one of my favorite all time. Oh, yeah. No. 13.6% rye, whiskey barrel, and bourbon barrel age. You can't go wrong. Right. Uh, well, we have a funny little coincidence. Uh, I also have a stout. It also came in a brown box. Did you get the same one? Uh, I did not. Oh, that would have been funny. Oh, sorry. No, this one is not a stout. Sorry. Oh. Sorry, I knew that. No, I, I knew this was not a stout. But I do have a large beer from the same brewery. Uh, this is the 2021 Sticky Monkey. Oh, good one. I thought you were going to say anniversary, but both good. Uh, like Sticky Monkey. I think I have an anniversary. I think I have one downstairs. Yeah, they, I debated the anniversary of the Pearl Apple. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going Sticky Monkey, which is a Central Coast quad. Uh, so it's a Belgian quad aged in bourbon barrels. Oh, nice maltiness. Yes. No, I just haven't had a Pearl in a long time. And that was just like, as soon as I opened the fridge, it was right there. It was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is time. And I, well, I'm hello. pretty sure I have two of these. So. <laughs> Oh man, I haven't even picked it up off the table. This is just... oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> this is good stuff. Oh, I am so glad I'm not sharing this one. Oh yes, look at that. Those are some beautiful beers. I know. <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's see right. what everyone Anyone else, else uh, is oh, having. We got Novella tonight. Hub is having a Black Stack Brewing. Uh, uh, what is that? Sponge Bath Double IPA. Ooh. TBH Sponge Bath Double IPA. Skulls got an uh, Oso Brewing uh, Convenient Distraction Imperial Coffee Porter, but opening something fun for the after party, as if that wasn't fun already. Yes. Right. Well, that, yeah. Oh, well, Rev is having a Firestorm 25th anniversary ale. Well, there you go. <laughs> there we go. So, I, you know, if I remember correctly, this, I believe, is like the Costco pack. Yes. Out of all three of them. Yeah, yeah we, we've got the trifecta. So <laughs> we got the trifecta. <laughs> uh, Dr. Ian making an appearance. Howdy, Tech Tech Potato. Hmm. Howdy. Feel free to crack open a cider. I know it's only like five in the morning for you, but. Breakfast cider. Yeah. The best start uh, to any day. <laughs> we got Jeremy having a Mountain Dew. Nothing wrong with a good dew. That's right. Uh, William's got a Dragon Milk Reserve. Salted caramel. Ooh. Tasty, tasty. Uh, Kren sends over five Aussie bucks and his uh, standard g'day greeting. G'day, Kren. Uh, we got Jason with a Freem Bourbon Barrel Aged uh, Stout. 11%. Ooh. Don't see much Freem out there. No. Very cool. Well, I think, I know they have a subscription box that they send you once a year, but it's, I don't remember correctly. This is pretty pricey. It's like 100, 120 bucks uh -huh. a year. Um, but they send you like all of their barrel stuff. Like all, here's all the rare stuff. And I believe it's like 
three or four experimental or blends mm -hmm. that is specifically only to the you know members that's kind of interesting but you know then it's still a hit or miss how is that beer excuse me while i reenact the scene from matrix 2 with the cheesecake <laughs> i thought you were mm. going to talk about the dia or the voyager scene with the cheesecake and oh that too yeah <laughs> <laughs> Technically, that was the doctor. <laughs> My bad. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, such a good scene. <laughs> that was a pretty funny episode. That was. What's What's amazing is they both did so well. You know, doing the impression of the other actor. Yeah, you're you're improv improving the other actor. It was basically yeah. the exact same as um, Face Off. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage playing each other playing in a movie. Char like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they nailed mannerisms and everything else. It was fantastic. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the news. Uh, yes. Starting with... Uh, John, do you think there's anything wrong with the music industry? Like, I know we killed it hundreds and hundreds of times in our lifetime <laughs> from, yes. you know, audio cassettes being able to record the yeah. radio are going to mean no one's going to go buy cassettes anymore and records. And then when MTV CDs came out, no one's going to buy cassettes anymore. Yeah. And how, how dare you have CD to tape duplication ability and, you know, think of the starving artists out there. Oh, I know. How dare you use a CDR? Right. Uh, no, no. Even just when CDs came out. <laughs> like, yes. How dare you use a cassette on the off of the radio? Right. Uh, a, a case that I believe went all the way to the Supreme Court. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, of course, there was the infamous introduction of the MP3 and and compressed audio on the computer, and the death of the music industry is inbound. Uh, and then Metallica goes nuts. Yeah, yeah. Napster, how dare you? <laughs> you know, my generation has thoroughly killed the music. Oh, wait, no, record profits? Last nine what? years? Yeah, uh, apparently they're doing fine. Uh, <laughs> and it's an interesting point that they're doing fine, uh, especially when you look at the breakdown of payments from all of the different streaming providers. So we know album sales aren't doing nearly as well as they used to, but monetization of music is at an all-time high, thanks to platforms like Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, etc. Uh, there was an interesting post. Uh, T-Pain. You know T-Pain. Yeah, the guy that can yeah. sing really well. Yeah. <laughs> Never misses a note. Always, Never always perfectly in tune. Always pitch perfect. Uh, so T-Pain posted uh, a little repost on Twitter that he uh, downloaded off Reddit. Uh, and he says, just so you know, and it is the number of streams of a song needed for an artist to make $1 on the leading music platforms. Okay? Okay. You ready for this? All right. In last place, with 1,250 plays required, is, unsurprisingly, YouTube music. Uh, we all know that YouTube doesn't have the greatest monetization. They take the lion's share of ad revenue, and 
don't even tell you what ads played on your channel and everything else. They're just like, oh yeah, you earned this. And it's like, okay, can I look okay. at, no, no, you can't look at the numbers. Yeah. Uh, so last place is YouTube music with 1,250 playbacks of a single song to earn an artist $1. Okay. Next up, we've got Pandora at 752. Uh, We've got Spotify at 315, so we're starting to get a little starting bit Starting to get pretty decent. Uh, we've got Amazon Music and Deezer and, and iTunes kind of wrapping up the, the last of the top five there. Then we've got Tidal Music at 78. And what's this? The what? savior of the record industry? Napster cat logo? with the <laughs> highest monetization for artists at 53 playbacks to earn them a dollar. So wait. Are you, are they saying that if I download <laughs> that song 53 times, they get a dollar? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Napster has a streaming platform now, very similar to Spotify. And you can listen to music and, and whatnot for a, a low monthly payment. But they pay the artists <laughs> way more than everyone else. I would be, you know, it'd be so ironic would be if like Metallica was like their number one artist to mm -hmm. go for and they sponsor them <laughs> like the most, the most plays. Just comes full Metallica. circle. Because yeah. came full circle. Yeah. Here's your money back. <laughs> uh, Lars standing up on stage going, yeah. So listen to us. Our new album's going to be on Napster. Napster. <laughs> Our latest single. Napster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We we love here in Metallica. We love Napster. Yeah. It was that Jason Newstead guy. It was always his fault. Join us on the 2023 Napster tour. <laughs> oh, God. That would be hilarious <laughs> if Napster sponsored their tour. I so oh, want to see man. that happen. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> yeah, I... I I remember when that was such a big deal. There was Napster, LimeWire, um, Kazaa. Kazaa, thank you. Yep. That was the one. Yep. Kazaa. Uh, like one of the only arrests and prosecutions for music sharing over the internet actually happened in Eugene, Oregon, on the, on the U of O campus. Uh, it was the oh, very right. first arrest, and I believe one of the first prosecutions for it. Yeah, the if I remember correctly, the guy was was using campus internet was was using yeah, i think so yeah and then if i remember it wasn't even like it was like that many albums too mm -hmm. i mean it was like you know like 13 to 1400 dollars worth of albums mm -hmm. but that's technically not a whole right. lot but uh yeah um yeah it's, it's a weird thing when you talk copyright law violation sharing that kind of thing because in the u.s i believe that a theft can only be prosecuted for 10 times the value of the good that was stolen. And so if I walk into a CD store, let's say a Sam Goody or a... <laughs> Wait, those still exist? No. Uh, let's say <laughs> I walk into a record store and, and I steal a CD off the shelf. And let's just say 15 bucks for simplicity. The most that they could charge me criminally for that is $150. That could be the total fine for that. Now, obviously you have court costs and everything, but the actual yeah. penalty could be $150. Unless I upload that CD to the internet, in which case each instance of each song that went up from that album is punishable by up to $250,000. Yeah. Each instance. That's, 
So each ten, 10 songs on an album. But then, but then how are everyone else that uploads it and then shares that upload? Right. Well, they're culpable I, as well for all of that. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. But how do you, how do you get all of those people and how you do all that math and, and, and really though, but file sharing is I'm only sharing part of the file. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sharing the whole entire thing. Yeah. So technically you could get away with the idea of after one time, I only did it one time. After that, I only did a fraction of it, which is not a whole entire thing. So I did not give you the whole entire song or album or video or whatever. Technically, I only gave you a fraction of it. It was an incomplete item. So I wonder if you could do that argument somehow. You know, you might be able to. Um... But I also remember, you know, back then, this was still relatively new. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those, those laws, back then, it was still album, early 2000s was still album sales, album sales and touring. Nowadays, everything like you're, we are talking about these streaming platforms is singles. No one cares about how many albums you sell. And then. Right. Uh, so, uh, Ian says he thought it was a max of 150, not 250. Actually, according to the RIAA website, um, uh, that what the law says and what it means. Quote, making unauthorized copies of copyrighted music is against the law and may subject you to civil and criminal liability. Now, this includes uh, peer-to-peer sharing, ripping discs and sell, you know, giving them to friends and e- illegal copying of that media. Uh, yeah. A civil lawsuit could hold you responsible for thousands of dollars in damages. Criminal charges may leave you with a felony record accompanied by five years of jail time and fines of up to $250,000. So... Now, that's that's the current law, though, right? Yeah. that No, that, that law has been in effect since, like, 95 or something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that, I guess that, it, that was... It was written was specifically for uh, people who were... Like bootlegging like CDs and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. T- tape and tape and CD bootlegging. Yeah. Interesting. But still, I wonder if you can then get away with the fraction. Because at a certain point, you are just giving away fractions. Yep. Uh, and as Ian points out, technically letting someone borrow your CD qualifies too. Right. You purchased the right to listen to that music. You didn't purchase the right to loan that music to anyone else to listen to. Uh, I thought it was technically the the right to private. Uh, I thought you could private pri- in home use. Uh, private in home use, and in fact, if there's more than like ten people there, you're in violation of copyright and broadcast laws. So wait a second, then wait a second, then how do rental stores? So then could I just rental stores rental have special and- agreements? They they have yes, they have agreements with could- publishers and distributors and things like that to rent out the license for nominal fees and oh. the the distributors and and publishers get a kickback of every rental do they they do even like little mom and pop shops mom and pop shops yes you know the one that i know and i'm really good I know friends the one, with, exactly with, that, that was the one i was thinking yeah. of because i know it's not a mainstream one right and they always had the latest and greatest yep and so what's the, di- my thought was, what's the difference then if I buy it? He had a license and contractual agreements to be able to rent out certain, uh, it has to be from certain studio houses and certain 
distributors uh, and yeah, publishers I, I would, and things I like would that. imagine it's from a distributor who the distributor has a license to do it and then they go through them it's a third party kind of, yes boom 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 um i've also dealt with uh things like school districts and churches and you know public and and private entities who are wanting to play videos like your church wants to do like a Thursday movie night or something like that. Yeah. Uh, do you realize you have to have a license to play videos in a public setting like that? Yeah, I guess you can get the license for as little as about $250. And then you get a catalog of videos that you can watch. Uh, yeah. and there are limitations. Like you cannot charge admission. You cannot even sell concessions. You like, there's a whole Wait. laundry list of things that you have. Yeah, to I mean, I, I, I knew about the license because, you know, back at the bar, I did the horror movie night, but then I could only do B movies that were under the uh, license of, mm -hmm. you know, free um, for you. Right. And, but that was a great part because it was always about B or C horror. Right. Movies, so it worked out. Um, but yeah, that, I at least I knew about that part. Yeah. I, I did not know about, though, the uh, um, buying it and then you couldn't technically borrow or, you know, uh, lend it out yeah I should say. yeah because you as the original purchaser and your immediate family can have access to that or your private organization can have access to that unless there's a certain number of people in uh what if, what if a business buys the video then could theoretically everyone in that business view that video uh no because that is now a public viewing it's public broadcast. No, no. So, so if a corp, let's say, if it was bought on corporation money, right? Let, let's let's say. Account, so, so it's not owned by an individual. It's owned by the corporation. Doesn't matter. In fact, you're under a different set of laws now. Yeah. No. It, so then, who could copy copyright law is so. Uh, the only way that the record companies and the video companies. Uh, so the RIAA and the MPAA and all their associated, you know, branches and whatnot don't get a cut of every playback is when you go to Walmart, buy a disc and play it in your home. If it's anywhere else, if it's any other venue, if it's more than five people, if it's this, if it's that, uh, they get a cut. They get a cut because they sell you a license based on who you are, what the venue is and how you're playing it. Interesting. And, but I mean, MP3s are going to kill the music industry. Yep, exactly. Um, thing is, though, no one really enforces 99% of these laws anyways. Uh, I mean, they're there. Ian says, if they all watch it individually, John is correct. Where it, if So if, let's say Craft Computing buys a copy of The Matrix, okay? And I watch The Matrix, and then you in my office watch the matrix and then Rhett comes to my office and he watches the matrix even if i'm not in the room you can still watch the matrix because it's under craft computing and it's under my roof but but now could you then theoretically put it on i'm gonna get a little now now an interesting area yes you're like the corporate plex server and then do a joint viewing but we're all separate no because i well ooh. I think ah, I th you didn't ooh. think about that one. I think that one might be a little untreaded territory. Uh, and I think it would still be, uh, I could only share it with certain individuals and I would still have to be under the viewership count because there's a certain number. And I don't remember whether it's five or seven or 10 or what that number is yeah. that it stops being a private viewing and becomes a public viewing, regardless if it's closed doors, closed corporation, whatever else I can't have a thousand employees watching the matrix if I didn't pay a license for it. 
But then theoretically, you could then put it on, say, a corporate Plex server, not necessarily have a watch party, but everyone could be accessing the file at the exact yeah. same time. Where's Legal Eagle when we need him? Actually, uh, Leonard French would probably be the better one on this uh, for copyright law. Uh, he's an actual copyright attorney. Um, but yes, uh, like I said, licensure and copyright and everything else, it gets so convoluted so incredibly fast. And I've, I've had oh, to yeah. deal with it on both personal and private levels. Um, or public and private levels, rather. I mean, but in all, most people in small settings, no big corporation cares. It is really when it's a business and then they come to you, half the time they just give you a cease and desist. Right. But when it was the Napster issue, yeah. it was, uh, you know, one of the first of its kind, globally a huge issue. I, I had to help a church set up a movie night uh, and buy the licensure for that movie night. And we were doing like a drive-in style, you know, come and, and bring your family and we'll watch like, you know, a bug's life from Pixar or some crap like mm -hmm. that. We had to find the right licensure so we could watch Disney films. We had oh, to uh, not only say we will we will cap our attendance. Uh, I, I think it was we could have up to 50 people watch the film. Uh, since it was outdoors, we had to make sure that no surrounding properties or cars driving by could see the projection. <laughs> we had to send them pictures of various angles saying here is the viewing angle that that you're able to see this at and and only people within our property are able to see the projection <laughs> it was ridiculous. ridiculous that is ridiculous because i remember uh growing up i was able to see and get access to with a good it wasn't great but uh the drive-in theater mm-hmm if I went up, if I went and climbed on top of this house yeah. on a clear day, I could see, you know, 80% of the drive through. And if I had a really good AM radio or radio, I could get like a static version of it. So. Uh, Disney licenses have more pluses than Intel's 14 nanometer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bravo. All right. So, yeah. Nothing is killing the entertainment industry. No, no they're making money hand over. Play. Right. Uh, you know, and we've talked about, uh, you know, piracy was almost dead for the most part for, for so long uh, because we had Netflix and we had Spotify and we had uh, Pandora and we had a couple others where you could watch and listen to just about anything you ever wanted anytime you wanted from any device. And then all the execs at all the different companies started saying, well, hey, there's dollars to be had here. Why are we giving Netflix a dollar when we could be making, you know, why are we taking $6 from Netflix and, and letting them earn a dollar when we could be making all seven? And, yeah, uh, exactly. Let's, let's develop our own streaming platform. We have enough IPs. Right. Uh, to which everyone but Disney found out you don't have enough IPs. Uh. <laughs> uh, tri trick logic on the discord is saying i'm wearing steve's background from the last show <laughs> <laughs> nice uh <laughs> yeah you're not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong it's like that that's funny i have to say that, <laughs> that that's amazing uh yeah uh anyway i think we've spent enough time on this uh yeah but piracy hasn't killed any industry. 
movie theaters didn't kill, you know. I don't think Weirdly enough, the music industry and motion picture industry finds a new way to monetize no matter what the platform is. Well, yeah, because half of this Who would have thunk? Well, just a quick more second on the subject. Half of this type of stuff is new technology, which creates new technology, which at the, at the beginning may be a hindrance, but then everyone figures out this is good new technology. This is being pushed and we can learn how to use it properly and then benefit from it. And like you said, there was a period of time when we didn't no longer need piracy because it was like, hey, Netflix, these particular others, you know, Pandora, I'll pay that little bit of money and I'm getting 99% of what I want. Right. I don't now need to worry about the my internet provider sending me an email saying, hey, I noticed you download X, right? you know, um, and then shut me off and find me. John, get a, get a VPN. For God's sakes. <laughs> if only I had a discount code. NordVPN slash too, craft too computing. Oh. It's there. Is it do I say? Um what, I've 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 never bucks? done a, a plug for NordVPN, but I do have a NordVPN landing page. Uh I thought you did do a plug for one. I, I've done NordPass. Uh NordPass Nord Pass is is the one that they've uh that kept wanting me to do. Uh but I do have a NordVPN landing page. This isn't a sponsored piece, although it kind of is. Uh they haven't given me any money for this one, but who knows? NordVPN.com slash craft computing. I think it's actually live. <laughs> nope, 404. Okay, is it slash craft? Nope, okay. They never, oh, they never made we'll it. We'll have to get you. One we, we, we talked about, uh, I, I've talked to the Nord people quite a, quite a few times, um, but uh, yeah. Well, ExpressVPN, you can now come in, sweep in, and outbid them. Uh, see, a VPN like last VPN. NordPass didn't want to keep advertising on Tech Tech Potato. Uh, it's really funny. They they so want... I, I shouldn't probably be talking about this, but uh, NordPass so wants to be on craft computing. Uh, but... What they were asking for is always a little bit difficult to suss out. And there's there's always a back and forth that happens with them, which means it's costing me money every time I have to sit down and write an email or have Rhett write an email that says, hey, well, how about this instead? Well, we want we kind of want to like bend all of your different monetizations and, and get the most airtime for the least amount of money, which is their job. But most people will take the rate card and go, yeah, we want this. And they go, well, can we have like half of this? And then I take a number four on the side. And like they're, yeah, they treat me like Chinese yeah. takeout. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you like Chinese takeout. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but the problem is when you do that and you nickel and dime me, then someone else comes in and goes, yeah, we'll take a number one. And I go, okay, number one. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sold out for the day. So, I'm full. <laughs> they wanted 30 to 45 second integrations and a final integration and verification. Ooh, yeah. No, uh, so pre and post roll are two different integrations. Uh, you don't get both unless you're willing to pay for both. Uh, if, you're, if you pay for a post roll, I will usually give a five second blurb. Today's video is brought to you by Blah. Stay tuned at the end of the video for more because then I'm 
disclosing my sponsorship up front if there's any conflict of interest within the video. And so if you buy a post, you get a mention at the front. If you buy a pre-roll, you get the pre-roll and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Unless you pay for both ends. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh... <laughs> Who knew this T-Pain tweet would cause such a big discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, moving right along. Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft. Um, oh, man. I, I have a fun video coming out tomorrow uh, going over the operating systems that Microsoft won't sell you. How's that for a plug? Ooh, that'll be interesting. Right? Versions you've never heard of at prices you can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it's a fun video it, it it goes all the way back to windows xp days and i and i oh. kind of walk through some windows licensure and versions that they only sell corporations and things like that so it, it's a fun video fun. anyway microsoft up to their old tricks it's as if they forgot that 1998 ever happened <laughs> Uh, Microsoft is blocking default browser workarounds in Windows 10 and Windows 11. Uh, Microsoft has Edge, and they're pretty proud of Edge. Edge is based on Chromium, which is the open source Chrome project, uh, and totally valid. It, it, it's okay. I like it's, it. It's good. Uh, I use yeah. it. Here's the deal. Uh, I have, I use a MacBook for like mobile stuff and and it's my main laptop um yep. chrome is my main browser edge has supplanted safari as my secondary browser on on my laptop edge is that good like it's it's almost perfect it's almost perfect um yeah. it's not quite as good as chrome but it has all the same plugins it it has the same functionality it works great and so uh, Firefox is still my secondary on desktop and it's, it's also installed on my laptop, but for some reason I just find myself using edge more on the M1. Don't know why, but I do use it. I did download it. Like it didn't come with it. Uh, yep. on windows, Microsoft has been trying harder and harder to make you use edge. And this is also partly about what my video tomorrow is about is that if I, bought an operating system for Microsoft and for all intents and purposes, if I have a, a, a license for, you know, Windows, then I paid for that or Microsoft got paid in some way, shape or form, which means the license is still mine through monetary transactions. Windows is not free. Windows has never been free. They've given you free upgrades, but a base license has never been free. So why is it okay and, and I'm staring at Apple in this one too, by the way. Uh, why is it okay for them to advertise all of their cloud services uh, exclusively inside their, their operating system? Uh, yeah. Uh, and part of the problem is stuff like this. Stuff like Microsoft pushing Edge into you not allowing you to set another default browser, even though that function exists within the operating system, uh, to set 
Chrome or Firefox or Opera or whatever else as whatever. your default browser. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, now, what I'm talking about is not the default browser. Like, if I click on a hyperlink in an email, it'll open up Chrome. That's that's fine. What I'm talking about is the pages that Microsoft themselves delivers as URLs. So, Windows help files or Bing links in your start menu that are pushed to you based on your use habits of your computer, which, again, that's another point of contention. Uh but if I click on a news article link, instead of opening my default browser, it'll open Edge. And Microsoft yes. is hoping that when you open Edge, it'll say, hey, Edge is not your default browser. You want to make us your default browser? Hey, we're, we're, oh, yeah. we're a great no, browser. Constantly doing that. Yep. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we, we actually talked about this uh, when Ed Edge first came out. Yeah. Uh, that they were doing some shady stuff of... With the Windows 10, and when you first did set the browser, they did that. Are you sure? Come on. Did you give Edge a try? Try Edge. Right. And then you had to do like two or three messages to be like, okay, let me set this as my default. Are you sure? Yes. But have you tried Edge yet? It's really good. Yes, I want to set this. And it was that whole thing. They're still pushing it because, um, you know, Internet Explorer was such a huge failure. Uh, it just well, just chugged at RAM, even though Chrome does the same thing, but it was even worse. Um, I, again, uh, similar to you, Edge is my secondary browser. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a great browser, but I'm just used to Chrome. Uh, all of my plugins and everything are all in Chrome, and it still works fine. And my computer now has enough RAM to work with Chrome. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, I got it. So I finally upgraded enough. You finally got 64 Chrome. gigs of RAM? Well done, John. <laughs> I know. So only 32 of them are used from Chrome. Right. <laughs> so Close your tabs, e damn it. <laughs> even though Edge would only take 16 gigs, I still use Chrome because like, this is just, I'm, it's, it's, I'm used to it. It's fast, it's snappy enough. Right. I like it, but yeah, it is. I've noticed a lot more times every time I do update, uh, a computer has an update at work, um, I get complaints all the time because uh, Edge gets reset to the default. And anytime a link happens, they're like, why, why did I click this? Why is it not going up in Chrome? Yeah. And I said, oh, God opened up an Edge. And then I go to their default browser and it's set to Edge again. Yep. And it, it gets annoying. Yep. And they're like, I don't need that. Well, I tell them, you know what? My, just go get used to this. It's a pretty decent browser go ahead. But they're like, they, most people also sit there and think uh, like <laughs> Chrome is also, you need Chrome for Google Docs. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, I need Chrome for Google Docs. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it works on almost uh, anything. It works <laughs> almost anything. But yep. still, that's what they think. So they're like, oh, how do I download, <laughs> download Chrome? Sorry, I... Uh... I knew I had a couple super chats and I was going to double back to them. I just read the first one. Uh, okay. Freddie sends over $5. NDAs must be tricky when your job is drinking on camera. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I usually still keep a pretty good sense about me, even, even a couple pints in. But yes, uh, now pretty much nothing that I will ever talk about here has ever been NDA'd. Um, I... I have strictly some talk topics that I will talk about, some that I will not. 
as far as ad relationships go, uh, since I don't currently have an active relationship with NordPass, I mean, I still communicate with them, but I don't have anything on the books right now. Uh, and I think the last ad I ran for them was all the way back in October. So it's been a couple of months. I don't mind talking about it. Uh, there was never an NDA for that. There was never a, you can't tell us how much they paid you or whatever, you know, most ads don't work that way. Uh, most ads don't have NDAs. The only NDAs I've ever had to sign is for early release hardware. And even then it's like over email. It, it's like, hey, or uh, actually some of the companies I even just do over Twitter. Hey, I've got new products. You agree to an NDA? Yeah, sure. Okay, here's the information. <laughs> just so they have the boilerplate. Jeff says he won't spill the beans. Uh, yeah, there's far fewer NDAs in this industry than I thought there would be getting into it. Uh, Tech Geek sends over $15. Thank you very much, Tech Geek. Uh, ever notice Microsoft has a history of releasing every other OS as a crappy one? 95 good, 90, yes. This is a, a longstanding, more of a joke. Um, I have some opinions on some of it. Uh, it's not quite as cut and dry as that. I know no, people but... like the meme of, you know, the bus. 95 good, 98 bad, 98 SE yeah. good. Well, 98 SE is 98. It's kind of like Service Pack 2 for 98. Uh, so you can't throw that logic in there. Millennium bad. Millennium, I think, was bad on purpose because they were so close to Windows XP coming out. Windows Millennium was supposed to be based on the NT kernel. And they ended up dialing it back because they had so many issues getting uh, backwards compatibility applications to run uh, that they ended up dialing it back down to a DOS shell. So it, instead of jumping over to NT, it still ran on DOS. Um, that and every single feature that came to Millennium came to Windows 98 SE, uh, with the exception yeah. of like Windows Movie Maker and a couple of other you know fringe applications. So... Millennium, I think, was bad on purpose because they didn't want people getting on Millennium and going the last of the DOS operating systems before Windows XP came out and then not upgrading to XP. And remember, the timeline between Millennium's release and XP's release, I think, is something like 14 months. It was not Which a long is, yeah. time. It was not a no, long-lived operating it, system. It, it To me, I remember it coming out and I almost thought just from the logo and the way they were advertising it early on is... I, I, my my dad had it, but mm -hmm. as a younger person looking at it, I, the logo was very flashy and actually kind of looked like it was made in Movie Maker because mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it had that stupid round, you know, over... But this time uh, around, uh, they couldn't afford Jennifer Aniston to do a promo for it. <laughs> yeah, that embossed uh, look. It's like, oh, they're hitting these for like a young kid's windows or something. Right. They basically like tried to make it look cool and it wasn't cool. Right. And I remember that being like... It didn't even come with a uh, Weezer album. Like, come no. on. <laughs> yeah. No one has any idea my, what yeah, we're my dad, about, really. my dad being the programmer was like, oh, we got every new uh, system or operating system update. Yeah. So it was just at least one computer did. And I was like, this is horrible. Yeah. Uh, um, so. I will say, I think Millennium gets a bum rap because it was trying to do some of the crossover stuff to implement new APIs and and modernize Windows 98 to the point that it was almost compatible with XP, but it was still relying on DOS. And so there's a lot of things that just are a little bit buggy and the drivers weren't necessarily compatible between 95, 98 and Windows Millennium. And so there were a lot of devices that didn't work. There were a lot of printers that never got updated. 
Um, and the same thing happened when XP came out. XP was hot garbage for like six to 12 months because yeah. nothing worked. Like you think Millennium had problems? XP had problems. Uh, and, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but also nostalgia puts a certain, you know, tilt on things. And everyone loved XP as of Service Pack 2. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. As soon as you got Service Pack 2, you're like, this thing is awesome. And it just, yeah. it was a tank of an operating system. Yeah. Uh, but I think Millennium was intentionally hampered ever so slightly. But I also think that Windows Millennium is actually better than 98 SE. Can I say that? Can I can I say that on on live camera? <laughs> well, yeah. I, that's your opinion, Jeff. That's my opinion. <laughs> but here's the difference. I I lived through it. Yeah. <laughs> like I was there. Those were my college <laughs> days, dang it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You're 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 Han Solo in the Force Awakening. I was there. Yeah. Believe me. <laughs> it's true. All of it. It's true. All of it. I was there, Gandalf, <laughs> 800 years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like sometimes. Uh, and then Freddie has another $5. Thank you very much, Freddie. Do appreciate it. I'm working to get big data out of my life. Opera browser, NextCloud hosted on Unraid, backed up to Backblaze, and uh, IMAP from my web host, It's Been Rough. Yeah, getting big data out of your life is nigh on impossible these days. Uh, well, everyone's sitting there, hey, can I send notifications hey can i gather your data hey can i do this to you hey can i follow you know attract you you know yeah. heck if you even want to walk into walmart they're like hey you want to use our wi-fi let us track everything you browse mm -hmm. you know starbucks every everyone if if they're giving you something for free is basically wanting something to you and they're going to be tracking you and that's what they want big data even certain little data and you're paying out the butt you know um you're going to be a new, you're going to become a pirate real soon. Yep. <laughs> uh, if you ever want to know what your data is worth to some companies, look, look at the products they sell and see if there's an ad free version of said product, because there's bean counters going, well, we're going to make X amount on this person through the lifespan of this product. And we need to get two X that out of them. If we sell the product up front with no ad delivery. Uh, so look at like the Amazon Fire tablets. They sell them to you, number one, at a loss, which is why no other tablet exists except the Amazon tablets up to $200. That and yeah. the knockoff Shenzhen ones, which are always garbage. You never buy one. Uh, but uh, Amazon will sell you a Fire tablet for 50 bucks. 50 bucks. But it comes with ad delivery baked into the operating system. You have to watch ads to launch applications or read books or listen to music or like they have their own ad content delivery outside of other ad content delivery. Um, yep. But you get a tablet for 50 bucks. And for some people, that's fine. You can get an ad free one for 70 bucks, which means Amazon values your personal data at $20 per user over two years because that's the expected lifespan of a tablet. So... If you have an Amazon account and they deliver ads to you, 
they consider that they'll be making about $10 in advertisement from you using their service. Period. Yep. Which, uh, yeah, so then just go spend that extra money if you're you're one to add free experience. But still, I will bet even then, they're still tracking you. Because they still track you if you're going to your their store, what you're browsing in their store. They still, you know, or books or anything like that through their browser. Um, they're still technically tracking that data because you have to use your sign-in account. Mm-hmm. So they're just not giving you ads. But then they'll still pump you and direct you via, say, the Amazon website saying, hey, people who bought this also buy this. I noticed you bought this. Yeah. Well, here's this. And that's a service, though, because <laughs> you're using their service to buy things from them yeah. that they then get the right to. Don't you just love it when you randomly type in a Google search? So we're not even like in the same advertising platform. Let's let's talk Amazon versus Google. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll search for like cushioned toilet seat or something. I need to buy yeah. one. Bidet. Yeah. 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 Where can I get one? Does Home Depot have it in stock? How about Lowe's? How about Walmart? How about, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Cushioned toilet seat. Salem. And I'll see who has it in stock. I will then get Amazon ads. And if I go to the Amazon webpage, all of a sudden recommended for my viewing pleasure is 30 different cushioned toilet seats. And I get cushioned toilet seat advertisements for the next six months. Yep. I only because, needed yeah, one. Like, oh. What do you think my house looks like? Like, did I reupholster <laughs> my sofa with this crap? <laughs> well, I know. I, I, did, like I did like a tweet like a couple months back. It was like, I did a, I, I bought a vacuum filter. Yeah. <laughs> I got vacuum filters for the next like three or four months. Like, no, I only needed one. Mm-hmm. It lasts like two years. I only need one, Amazon. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, and as uh, Ian points out, Vizio now makes more money selling ads on its TVs than it does selling the TVs themselves. Yes, yeah. that is totally a thing. And they don't offer ad-free hardware. If you buy a Vizio TV, guess what? You get ads. If you go through, well, if you go through their streaming services. Right. I have I have I have three busy well no you're right because you're right anytime there's a a, a blank screen yeah goes to an ad uh Ian also says I posted a picture of kombucha on Twitter and now my smartphone throws up notifications from our kombucha on reddit And we've all yeah. done that. We've had private conversations outside on our porch with a neighbor going, "Yeah, hey, uh, I've been looking at a leaf blower like like I've been I've been thinking about get upgrading. Like what model do you have and whatnot? Never typed a thing into anything. And I go sit down on my computer the next day and I've got ads for leaf blowers on the sidebar. Oh yeah. Exactly. I mean, Pete, I, I think we had this conversation before. And yeah, it was we like have. someone in the comments said, No, it doesn't. And this was like after after the the video aired or something. And there was like a whole thread of comments. No, that doesn't happen. It rarely ever happens. You're talking was like, no. How come on our channel, anytime we talk about this, everyone on chat will sit there and say, I know someone that happened to. Yep. This happened to me. This yep. happened to me. It's like, it's not as much as you think. And the, in the broad scope of things, we're talking billions of people. And even if it happens to tens of millions, 
that's still a lot. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, it's only 10%. That's still a lot of people. Yeah. Because they do it just enough to get away with it. Yep. That's exactly right. It's it's not quite an annoyance. You're like, oh, this kind of happened. It's a fluke. But they do it just enough because they know that pressure point. They've been doing it just enough. Like, ah, it's an annoyance. If we did it just, you know, two more ads. And that's actually part of my my Windows video that I'm doing is Microsoft is doing this just enough because they know you're not going to jump ship to Linux or Mac OS. Yeah. And I also counterpoint before I get any comments that for the people that are going to comment down below that say, well, I switched to Linux two decades ago and I never looked back. You were the 1% then and you're the 1% now. Yep. 99% of people are on Windows and won't leave Windows. Go set up your grandma on Linux. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, go, go give your go give your mom or, or parents a Linux right. computer. I guarantee you, you will be over there every day. Yep. Yep. All right, we got to move on. Uh, <laughs> so late breaking news. As of like four o'clock this afternoon, uh, Intel has announced that they are selling their SSD business over to SK Hynix. And SK Hynix is going to create a new subsidiary called Solidime. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Solidime. A new paradigm oh, hey, for they, storage. <laughs> they got that. They almost have the, the classic 90s S. I, it's really close, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I could have drawn that logo in middle school. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway, the reported deal is worth around $9 billion. And Solidime will take on all of Intel's current SSD uh, assets. That is NAND line... NAND... Solidigum? Ian, I think you're just effing with me. <laughs> I'm going to call him Solidime, damn it. Uh, <laughs> solid dig <'em. laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, so SK Hynix will be acquiring Intel's uh, NAND flash division, which is their consumer and enterprise uh, SSD division. They, they do the SATA and NVMe-based uh, storage drives. Uh, and all of their current products are going to be essentially rebranded and sold under the Solidime name. Uh, so that is the Intel 660p, the 670p, uh, as well as their D3, D5, and D7 data center SSDs, uh, both in uh, SATA, SAS, and NVMe. Uh, so look for that in the very near future. Uh, what they are not selling as part of this is their Optane and 3D-based SSDs. Uh, what is the, yeah, the 3D X-Point SSDs. Uh, so Intel will continue to own the Optane DIMM and Optane SSD lineup. So all of their flash accelerators and, and Optane-based memory, uh, that will all remain in-house. Everything else is going on over to SK Hynix. As long as the deal is approved and blah, 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 blah. Like uh, this one's probably uh, going through much, though. Yeah, don't see a problem with this. Don't never even heard of this company don't really know a whole lot 
yeah. the, I, I guess the question, though, my really only concern, which I don't really have that big of a concern, but would be just, I'm betting there's probably going to be an annoyance. So if you own an SSD right now, so or, um, uh, an Intel SSD, uh, and something goes wrong with it, you might have a little bit longer waiting period because uh, when this initially does go through, right now you're probably still fine because you're going to be dealing with Intel. Yep. Um, the initial, there's probably like a six month period. There might be maybe an extra 60 day delay or a 30 day delay uh, of just, you know, because they got to transfer all the files. Who are you calling? There might be some confusion. Um, other than that, I probably don't really see a big deal of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, this, this news was talked about quite some time ago. I do remember that. Uh, I, I know we've, I can't remember if I've publicly talked about this or if it's just been like, I've talked to people that I know about. Yeah. Intel is looking at spinning off their SSD division. Uh, but uh, I feel like there was an announcement before. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of so bad ideas. Oh, wait, 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 before we go bad ideas. Yes. Uh, don't we have a sponsor today? Oh, we do. Thank you. Thank yes. you for reminding me. I would like to get paid for tonight's show. Yes, I, I figured this is about the time we do sponsorships. That's right. Today's episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by none other than Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes most of the software from tutorials on this channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, not hosting any licensed content of any kind, I'm sure, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. In September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and thank you again to Linode for paying for John's beer. Thank you, Linode. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, I'll tell you what beer I want next week, Linode. Mm. <laughs> you just ship it over. It's cool. Speaking of beer, Jeff, how is your beer? Phenomenal. I I have enjoyed this parabola very much. Oh my gosh. Now, what's funny about yours, and now I know we didn't talk a little bit about it, we didn't yeah. talk. Yours is black. It is. This this is a Belgian quad, by the way. Yes. You'll notice you can't see through it. No, and that's the good barrel aged Belgian quad. Yes. Um so this has all of that that multi rich spicy characteristics that I'd expect out of a Belgian quad. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit thicker, ever so slightly syrupy, ever so slightly. Like I, ever, I even well, hate to use that, that analogy, but it's more syrupy than it is not when you think about a Belgian quad. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't want to undersell this beer. 
it's a Belgian quad has a nice, a good one can have a decent body. Right. It's so. it. This one's thick. This one's cut okay. it with a knife thick. Uh, and man, is it ever good? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I I love. You know, one of the reasons why I love Parabola so much is that it's one of those stouts that you don't need to age, really. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of big, you know, barrel edge, especially even like the uh, Bourbon Counties. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, this tastes fresh. It needs another year. Yeah. You know, you kind of almost want to buy this year's, but open last year's. Yes. Um, It is perfectly fine to open up a fresh Parabola um, it's got this bourbon and I, you know what I think it is? I think it's the rye and the whiskey. Yeah. Kind of give it this cut and it just this great chocolatey note bourbon. And like you said, not, not, I wouldn't call this syrupy, but it's got good, good body. Right. It's, it. it's really thick. It doesn't want to separate. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And no, uh, I think the balance that they've struck between making it an Uber dark chocolate and roasty beer combined with the amount of rye and bourbon that they get out of the barrel aging process, whatever their process is, they freaking nailed it because I mean, these bottles were bottled in what September, August, maybe like they were bottled and then shipped to Costco. And then we bought them and we're drinking them now within the last quarter. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, totally. For sure. And they're fantastic right out of the gate because of that balance, because that rye sharpness and, and spiciness and, and little bit of burn mixes perfectly with that super thick, dark chocolate, the, the coffee roast, the everything else that goes into it. Uh, yeah. It's why it's one of my favorite beverages. Now aging it, it still gets better. Oh yeah. Aging is, is a, is a great thing. And again, another reason why we like it, it's only 12 bucks for this bottle mm-hmm. and it's a 13% stout. And you're like, it's quality mm-hmm. you know you can have it fresh there are plenty of those that we're talking about that it's just yeah it's a good beer but yeah you really need to age it and it was 20 right. bucks for the bottle yeah like, i can't have this fresh i i have a lot of those bottles like like you said the bourbon counties i've i've got a number of bourbon counties i have a 2017 still in my fridge uh oh yeah and uh but drinking them fresh they always taste a little young i'll say this about uh like sierra nevada bigfoots and i'll say this about uh narwhal uh is that the year that they're produced they always taste a little underdeveloped a little bit harsh still they need a year in 60 degree atmosphere to mellow out not the case with firestone no pirate sounds good yeah and i you know the both uh the well i think novella novella was the only one that got drank this pirate stuff but he said he loved it Mm -hmm. he had a couple of mine uh and then it was he didn't even get the good one that was just a straight pirate stout that was just no well yeah I, honestly i'd like that one because it's year-round available yeah. so i i think that in general makes it better a, a rum barrel age 10 percent stout that is available on every shelf in the greater willamette valley like yeah yes no you can't and great coconut flavor yeah but, yeah uh but on a sadder note let's talk about something more sad yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, speaking of bad ideas, uh, you have a kid. I have three of them. You ever do random challenges with your kid? Like, uh, 
Lego build-offs or or who can build like the the coolest Hot Wheels track or who can do this or who can do that. Uh, oh yeah, I, I do Even this. Even as kind a of young stuff. time, who built? Let's build a high tower. Right. Yeah. Who no. can build the tallest tower? Or what's yeah. what's the current challenge that that kids are doing these days? Like. Yeah. Um. Anyway, feats of strength is, is what my my son loves doing feats of strength. <laughs> So he's always like, oh, I got muscles and I'm going to lift it. This is heavy. Hey, I got him to lift a bag of groceries. He's like, good. Now take it. Not, now you can it. carry it inside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah, you just signed up for your own indentured servitude. It's what you did. <laughs> Bad move, kid. Anyway, yeah. Uh, well, I've also mentioned on this show numerous times, I don't have... Alexa, Amazon, Siri. I don't have anything nope, I, active in my house. I don't have any devices. I don't have Google Assistant active on my phone because I don't want that microphone and that presence and that unknown-ish thing about AI answering questions or keeping track of what I'm asking it. Like, I'm fine if I type something into Google. I don't necessarily want it listening to a conversation I'm having in the living room with my nine-year-old daughter like yeah that there's lines that i want to draw talking right and uh and it's been shown that it listens all the time and it records any activation that it thinks it hears and then it goes oh that wasn't an activation but i'm gonna keep listening just in case like we know the devices do this and i know i'm a little tinfoil hatty there but no that no it, it does no, you're not. That's not. That's not even close to anyone right. that seeks the opposite is actually more tinfoily hat. Yes. Anyway, uh, so uh, a woman and her ten year old daughter were doing challenges. They were they were, you know, challenging each other to do uh, different things. Uh, and let's see. We were doing some physical challenges, uh, like laying down and rolling over, holding a shoe on your foot. Uh, from a PE teacher that we were watching on YouTube. It was bad weather outside, and she wanted another challenge to do. That is her 10-year-old daughter. And so they said, hey, black box. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's not ma- <laughs> spawn off everyone's right. Alexis. Hey, black box, what's a challenge that you have for us right now? And Alexa went on to tell them, that uh, they should plug a phone charger about halfway into the wall outlet, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. Yeah, I hope that's talking about its own charger so it blows up. Um, <laughs> yeah, so apparently this is a thing called the Penny Challenge, and it's probably originated on 4chan or some other... Or site along those or same some, lines. Yeah. Uh, that it's right up there with the pod challenge. That Amazon's AI had searched the web for challenge, and this was the result it decided to give. Uh, and it had, hey, I found this on the web. Plug in a phone charger about halfway into the wall outlet, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. Uh, to which the mother said, no, 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 Alexa, stop. Uh, <laughs> And I guess the daughter was, quote-unquote, smart enough to not do that. But the problem remains that Alexa told this 10-year-old girl to put a penny in a light socket. Yeah. I mean, this this isn't the first time something weird, odd like this has happened from Alexa. 
Um, I mean, and again, too, it's going off of the top Google searches. Now, like you said, it's okay to just type in a Google search because what happens? Oh, I get 10, 20 of them. We as adults are smart enough. Okay, let me read the headline. Let me read the little blur. Okay, hang on. What website is it? This is an ad. Hang on. Skip, 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 skip. Let's go down. You know, whether you had an ad block or not, but the average person doesn't. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm trying to get at. You know, but we're smart enough to read it and it doesn't get suggested and, and it be the only thing it suggests. Yeah. That's what Alexa does. It just takes the top search result. Yeah. And if something's trending, whether it's good or bad, it, it you know, for similar to, like I said, the stupid Tide Pod challenge, which was what, four years ago, people are like, well, let's take Tide Pods and, and shove them in our mouths. That Boy, could have been has Alexa. made that feel like such a long time ago. Oh, I know. <laughs> But but again, you know, uh, there was. Remember still, when that's there, the least of our problems? Yeah, well, well, I remember. Or rather, that was the most of our problems. I mean, I remember the last challenge I did that was a viral was like the. Well, some future Darwin Award winners were offing themselves early by eating Tide Pods. Like, yeah. Well, there was there is now the there was a cinnamon challenge, and everyone thought that was like that was stupid. Yeah. You know, but it's it's Alexa at the time would have been like do that because yeah it's the most it's the most popular search but also there i kind of also have an issue with this because this can be caused by like say like the tiktoks youtubes and twitter of like post instagram like hey what's the next challenge because i want views and so it's you can go to like hey what's the latest one to get me views that's the challenge i gotta go and film right and like this mom was just like no what's a challenge and now you're having to be very very specific yeah with Alexa. And that's the problem with AI and all computer programs in general, like your search has to be narrowed down when you have an abundance amount of data. You know, um, I can give you the top 20, but when you're looking for the word elephant, it can be a lot of things. Um, But if you say, you know, pink elephant that was in Dumbo. Oh, you narrowed down the search. Right. And that's actually a common problem with search engines. Search engines. Search engines. Pa- apparently, Sean Connery's making a surprise appearance on the show tonight. <laughs> search engines. Uh, that's actually a common problem with search engines, is you have to both narrow down and exclude data that you do not want. And uh, it's one of the reasons I'm successful at eBay searches for obscure things, is if I'm looking for an NVIDIA Tesla M40, I don't search NVIDIA Tesla M40. I assume that NVIDIA is going to be in the title already. Therefore, I don't need to include it in my search parameters. All I need to search for is Tesla M40. And now I'm not going to get inundated with thousands of other NVIDIA cards because they you know, had the right keywords in or put Quadro or whatever in and that they went, oh, people who search for NVIDIA also search for Quadro, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm looking for specific components. And yep. uh, so it's, it's knowing how to phrase your your search query and also eliminating things that you know are going to pop up anyway so sometimes when i'm searching for nvidia tesla i will add exclusions for model s and model x because i don't need car parts mixed up with my (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly your new tesla battery interior you know right Uh, here's a knockoff tesla fan shroud oh crap right Get your new Tesla exhaust. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> this isn't Rich Rebuilds. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, well, that's also the, it's kind of funny is um, programmers and people in the tech industry of like, it's kind of a big joke. Do we know a whole lot? Do we have all these degrees? You don't know. We know how to Google. Mm-hmm. We know how to search. We, we don't know the answer that's in our head, but we know how to find the answer. We know how to navigate. We are technically pirates of the interweb seas. <laughs> we are the navigators. You're, <laughs> we you're, are the original You're Napster. scary close to the hacker manifesto. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we are the digital cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I they are the cattle. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Google Foo is really strong. Yes. Google Foo is a an actual marketable skill. It is. No, it is. Being I mean, able to find what you're looking for. I and, mean and knowing that that's not a virus or a crappy website right. is like think if this was nineteen eighty two and you say you memorize the Dewey Decimal system. You can work at any library you ever want to. If yeah. you know it like the back of your hand. And you know how that library organized their blah, blah, blah. Uh, saying I know how to Google actually carries more weight than you might think. It does. I mean, you can say that and and nothing else. You'll probably get an entry level like IT job. Like, boom, right away. I mean, it's entry level, but you'll get the job. Yeah, and Novella. Yes, he could see me doing the drink of milk joke challenge. Oh, I did. <laughs> uh, I am done with my beer, Jeff. Strangely enough, so am I. All right. Um, Before I... we get into conspiracy theory territory, let's uh, go ahead and yes. crack. What do you got for your next we're, one? We're, we're going to need this for the, consp- <laughs> the yeah. next one. Um, I am going to go with uh, this was given to me. Uh, War Elephant Double IPA. I've That's had that really... one. Yeah? I have. Oh, nice. Oh, maybe you did. Maybe you gave me this. Uh, I don't think I did. No. I don't think I gave uh, that one. But I, I, I've I, had I thought, War Elephant I, before. I've had War Elephant. Okay, I've I, had War Tortoise. Rush, yeah, I've had War Tortoise. Yeah. That, that's from Lewitt. Yeah. So, but this is a double IPA, 8.6%. Uh, you know what? Um my glass, I don't like mixing stuff, so I'm going to go with a new glass. And it was uh, funny, Jeff, you 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 might have this glass. I do. I have one of those. It's upstairs, so I haven't brought it downstairs oh, okay. yet. So for those who don't know, I had an interesting week. Uh, so uh, it almost never snows in the Willamette Valley. Uh, we get snow about once every five, six, seven years. Uh, usually when we do, it's a fair amount. Uh, we will get, we'll get upwards of eight to 12 inches. Uh, but four out of every five years, it's 33 degrees and raining or 25 and sunny. That's, that's winter in the Willamette Valley, or it's just raining. We might get like one day of like two inches. Where we get dusted or something like that, but it's also a high of 40. And so it blows off by 11 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we don't get a lot of snow. Well, we got a decent amount of snow. I got six inches uh, Christmas night uh, yep. here at my house. Uh, and then a, about three more inches or so in the next uh, day or so. Uh, and then, it, you know, it's been snowing every night since then. Now, today it warmed up considerably and there's only snow like left in 
you know, in grassy areas and on bushes and things like that. The roads are completely clear and dry and everything else. Yep. Um, but I did have a casualty. And that is the fiber cable that runs from here in my office to over in my server rack. Now, I knew when I ran this cable outside that it was not the right way to do it. <laughs> now, I didn't know how long the run was going to be because I bought the house and I went, I need to get a fiber cable from here to there. I, I don't remember how long that wall is. I don't remember what the exact run is. And I've got to go like up 15 feet. Cause remember I'm in a daylight basement. I'm five feet underground. Yeah. My garage is two levels above me. Like it's stair-stepped almost a full story above me. Uh, and I've also got to go up to the gutter line and then back down. So what is that? Like, I don't know how long I need. So I bought a 50 meter cable. Um, and I didn't want to invest in an armored cable because it's like, $45 for a 50 meter OM4 versus $300 for an armored 50 meter OM4. It's like, yeah. I don't want to buy way too much cable and not be able to splice it because by the way, you well, can't like, splice your own fiber. Well, like you said, like, ah, this will last 10 years. Right. And, and so I went, I'm going to, I'm going to run an indoor cable outside. And I know, I know it won't last 10 years. But it should last four or five, no problem. Even UV exposure, it's mostly under my eaves and it's you know in the backyard and whatnot. It's not exposed to sun all that much. I wasn't worried about it. And I figured by the time I need to replace it, I'll be doing something else anyway. Uh, well, apparently that cable really doesn't like to be frozen <laughs> because that cable no longer works. Uh, so yeah, uh, I had internet here on Sunday I didn't have internet as of Monday. And of course, because of the post-holiday rush, Amazon and everywhere else that I looked couldn't get me an actual armored OM4 LC to LC cable any earlier than like January 4th or something like that. <laughs> I finally found one and it'll hopefully be here Friday. <laughs> but it's kind of put a hamper on filming things because the guy who does home lab almost exclusively and like cloud gaming and all, I can't even access my servers from here right now. Um, as, <laughs> so, as so, it is tonight, I put a Wi-Fi card into my desktop. So I went from 10 gig and sub one millisecond latency to 90 meg and 77 millisecond latency. Now you're on my playing field. Right. Yes. <laughs> what is this? The middle ages? <laughs> So, uh, what type of armored cable are you buying? My 50 meter was $70. Uh, it's an OM4. It's a multi-mode OM4. Uh, when I looked two years ago, it was like upwards of $300 for that cable. They've significantly dropped in price since then. I think I paid $45 for the cable that's arriving. So a little over a dollar a foot or a little under a dollar a foot rather, um, yeah. for the new cable. But, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting week trying to get some stuff done uh, <laughs> with only sub 100 meg internet. Yeah. Or right, what do you, oh, Ethernet, yeah, what do you got? rather. Like, local access to my servers is like, yeah. Well, what are you drinking now? Uh, I am opening a full sale double IPA Wreck the Halls. 
Ooh, right. Good time. Yep. Good beer. Uh, I did drink this one at the beginning of the month in a Talking Heads video. It's the last of the four pack, and I figured it's still December. It's time to uh, send December off right. January is stout season, so. Oh, God, the year's already over. This is the New Year's show, isn't it? It is. Next uh, show is, is 2022. I know. Is this is is our after show going to be like uh, bite my bits? <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be in two days. Oh, three days. Oh, I'm, Alexa, I'm remind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get all of my money. I'm just going to send it to. Yeah. <laughs> Shot. 20 minutes of shot, 20 minutes of shot. Not tech support says you can't splice your own fiber. Next time on craft computing. Actually, I've considered doing a YouTube short on that because everyone always wants to know, well, I, I don't want to run ethernet because I have to go like 400 meters or something like that. But can I splice my own fiber line? The answer is no. And I've thought about uh, doing it kind of like an Animaniacs, good idea, bad idea where you go, oh, yeah. good idea, splicing your own ethernet and showing like the quick steps to, you know, separate the eight cables yeah. and maintain the twist and put on the cap and crimp it and plug it in and then the lights come on. Bad idea, splicing your own fiber and showing the build out of tools that you have to buy <laughs> to weld your own fiber cables. Because a starter kit will run you about a grand. A good starter kit will run you about four. Whereas you can buy like a Cat 5 termination kit for like 17 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's cheap. So, yeah, the long and short answer is you can't terminate your own fiber. Unless you happen to work for a fiber termination company. Yeah, just... Best idea, knowing a fiber tech with the tools. <laughs> exactly. Even all the friends that I have in the industry, I don't have like a personal relationship with any uh, fiber people. Like I still have to pay to get fiber terminated. You can splice your own fiber. You just need the proper tools. And again, like for a professional set of tools, you're into it between like 20 and 40K. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those. Technically, you can um, for the money. No, mm -hmm. most people don't have that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, can you build your own graphics card? Sure. If you had a billion dollars, you could. Billion dollars and a risk and a risk five architecture or architect. Yeah. yeah. You could build your own. Totally. <laughs> well, FPGA the crap out of this. It's not going to work worth a damn, but you could do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to figure out a way to go to 5G and I just can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and someone says, um, yeah, even Ethernet cable testers, the cheapest you can buy only do 10-100. Yeah, if you want to certify a gigabit line, uh, that device is like fourteen or $1,500 for, for doing Cat5 and Cat6 certifications. Yeah. All right. Moving on to whatever the, um, this story is. Yeah, whatever, whatever this is. So the, the, the weird, the odd, 
This has been going around for a long time. See, I even, thought even... the 5G was supposed to be the thing that made them infertile. <laughs> so everyone knows, and this I this has been going on before 5G, but 5G, if we all know, we've always heard it. It's We've even talked about it before for like about a year. Mm-hmm. All those little antennas in the CD, uh, or in, in the city on top of the building that stream this 5G, they're going to give you cancer. They're going to... Um, make you infertile. They're going to do something to you. You know, computers give you cancer. Drinking cell phone, drinking water gives you cancer. All of this stuff. Um, there are a lot of whacks out there and some really weird stories, some wacky stories, some far-fetched stuff. Um, you know. I, I was I was personally upset when Linus reviewed the Faraday cage for the Wi-Fi routers because I was so going to order one of those for 80 bucks. Sorry, no, I was going to order the paper organizer that the product was being rebadged from uh, for like $6 <laughs> and say I bought the $80. Uh, <laughs> yes. Or that, $200 or $300 Faraday cage to kill the 5g radiation coming out of your router yeah and and which means signal yeah which is dumb too because then there are people that market to this there are it's been going on for ages it's snake oil Mm -hmm. it's just snake oil all over again it's been going on since you know the beginning of time (laughs) essentially you know drink this elixir what was the the simpsons grandpa's elixir whatever uh, type of thing you drink this thing and it'll give you an extra step in the bed or whatever yeah um but now there's the whole anti-5g and there was a company that was selling an anti-5g necklace well the people that bought it may not want to put it on because apparently it's been found out that this anti-5g necklace is actually radioactive and has a significant amount of radiation in it um and it's not just this necklace it's actually a a lot of other products too yes that have (laughs) oh my gosh yeah the the caption says it all necklaces and accessories claiming to protect people from 5g mobile networks have been found to be radioactive (laughs) i when i first when i first saw this I honestly thought this was uh, like a Babylon Bee type thing. Yeah. Like, there's no way. This has got to be a joke. Nope. This is real. Huh. I, I I don't, I don't, I don't get it, but these... John, we just is... lost your camera feed. I can still hear you. Oh, that is... Did your battery die? Happened. You know what? It was. It's on charger, and it said it was fully charged. Yeah, John. <laughs> John. I hate you know what maybe I don't, let me let me just swap batteries really fast. You can talk more conspiracy theory. All right. Yeah, just just what I I need on this channel, more conspiracy theories. World Health Organization says five G mobile networks are safe and not fundamentally different from existing three G and four G signals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cell phones have been causing cancer for like forty years, except they haven't been. So, although if you want to go back to like uh, the Spanish flu days when they were protesting radio and AM towers that were going up uh, and saying that those were causing the the Spanish flu, you know, apparently we haven't learned over the course of 
Hey, John, you're back. Hey. Hey, uh, you know what? I should probably start charging my other battery. And now you are incredibly quiet. Nope. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ian says he's more likely to get cancer flying 200,000 miles per year. Yes, yes you are, because you're higher up. You're more exposed than those of us further down. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rip John, 5G was the end of him. Sorry, did you say something? Uh, you're very quiet all of a sudden. Oh, um, I, I bumped my volume. Okay, there you go. All right. Is 5G a hoax? Find out more at 11. You know, in the <laughs> after party. All right. Oh, so, yeah. Funny, uh, funny. We do have some beer news for tonight. We do. Uh, it's actually, you know, this next one, I want it. I honestly, I'd take it. Oh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but I can actually become... Uh, I'm already a lord, as you know, and everyone else in the community knows. I am officially Lord Hops and Brews. I have the piece of paper to certify this. Lord Hops, but, his bunny ship. <laughs> but I can now, could apply, and possibly be a king of a lord, a lord of an island, a king of an island, and run my own pub on top of that. That sounds like a win-win. With its own castle. Right. And I sit upon a throne and I get beer drowsed upon me. And this is a league actual thing. There is now a job positioning open in the <laughs> the the Pile Peel Island Island. Uh Island? it's it, Island. <laughs> um it's it's a little island just south of England. And there is a small castle and a pub on it. That's it. And you, the requirement is you have to live there, though. Yeah. All the time. You can't leave. But you will be technically a king or queen. They don't care. Yep. But then you manage the pub that's on there. And for about four months out of the year, uh, tourist boats go in and out, and they're on that. But during the other eight months... You're on that island alone. Uh, there's no Wi-Fi. There's n the electricity goes in and out. And apparently the weather is quite harsh sometimes during the winter. You know, because I can easily see the other landmass, like, it's not that far. It's not that far. It's not that you far. You could air it's... fiber that crap. Uh, I, it, I could it, get it's... gig from Shoreline. Maybe. Yeah. So... It really is not that far. Um, what is it? Da, 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 da. I think they said it's only like a 30 minute ferry ride, which ferries go obviously you know, extremely 20 minute. Yeah. So really slow. So you could easily, uh, you know, rowboat it. But yeah, uh, the guy who currently now is the king, the Lord, I forget what his name is, is retiring. He is 79 years old and looking for a replacement. So between now, 73, sorry, Murphy. Lord Murphy, if you are in England or anywhere, they don't care. 
you can apply for this. Uh, I believe applications are going to like uh, January 13th. Yeah. So if you're willing. Now, the, there's some interesting quotes within this article. Um, <laughs> I, I did try to find an interesting article of it because most of them were very just, hey, become a lord of an island. Right. Th this one actually goes into a little bit of the history and speaks with the previous tenant of the island, John Murphy, who has been leading the walks on the island for nearly 40 years and says whoever will get the job needs to be, quote, massively dedicated. Uh, you can't just nip across to Tesco for a loaf of bread when you're on the Peel Island, he said. You'll need to have dedication and a strong passion for isolation and peace and quiet. It takes a special person personality. My question is, why in the bloody hell can't I drive, can I take a ferry over to Tesco to get a loaf of bread and then come back? It's not like someone's going to rob the island while I'm gone. They might. I wouldn't they think. Could be pirates. Yeah. Well, also, he might be talking, like, say, during tourist season, though. Right. So so for those four months of tourist season, it might be like you have to stay there in case a ferry or someone's on that ferry. And that makes sense, you know. Uh, now. But then, but then that's just, okay, bring, get four months of supplies. After that, I can go back and forth. Mm -hmm. You know, one or two days a week. I go back and forth, and then to me, it was like, dude, I would love exclusion and, and, right. and seeing the waves crash. And I got technically there's a pub, uh, you know, some modern convenience or I can go to my castle that's there. Um, there's a map you can see it's really not far. Like you said, you saw the picture. There's a, a ruin there, but then there's a what appears to be a modern pub and appears to be, you know, a, a little manor. Mm -hmm. um, there's a little lake or pond, so maybe do some fishing, or you can do some fishing off the beach, the coast. Why not? You know, there's a lot of cool things you could do. This I was honestly thinking, eTechnics could just move his whole operation over there. Ah, Tech Tech Potato says it might be that if there's not a permanent presence on the island, it automatically cedes to Ireland. That could totally Ooh. be the case. I then Tech Tech Potato, yes. Ooh, so I, I think it would be a great YouTube channel. It's like a host for a YouTube channel should totally go there. Right, right. Uh, many people go to the island for birthday parties or for a few drinks before camping overnight. Quote, even if you're pissed out of your head, the views from the Peel are pretty amazing, says John Murphy. <laughs> uh. Again, it, it's appealing. I'd take it. So, yeah, there is that. Um, some other news. Now, this is actually kind of, I doubt many viewers will even remember this. This goes back to us being at your old house downstairs. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, and the link uh, right. I, I just did is broken. Uh, I fixed the link so i have it on screen here okay perfect that's so. perfect but green flash brewing we talked about it of them going out of business yeah. and they sold their warehouses they sold everything well it looks like green flash is actually got coming back and was purchased by Sweetwater brewing company and if you were a fan of green flash brewing they are going to be making a comeback um i remember them they were again okay a couple of okay beers and Nothing special. Um, but yeah, it was 
kind of interesting to see something like this because a, a beer that we once talked about that we got a lot in the Pacific Northwest. It's a California-based brewery. It is coming back very similar to, I think, how um, – um, oh, gosh. I forgot what that brewery was called. Um, anyways, there, there was another California brewery that got bought by – I think it was like Corona, and they got sold to a really small brewery. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. I do remember Green Flash. Uh, but, yeah, Green, Green, Green Flash, they were just – I don't know, okay, but – we did talk about them. They ending. were they were part of the American Brewers Association, which was headed up by Ninkasi and a couple other Oregon breweries. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah I, do rem- so, I do remember talking about them going under. Yeah, so they're going under, but then apparently uh, Stillwater Brewing picked them up. So we might be seeing them be resurrected. Um, they were widely uh distributed in the northwest mm-hmm. so it, if you were a person in the northwest and you did like green flash beer i know a couple people when i owned the bar they were still a very popular brewery to go to uh and to have their beers you know maybe your new favorite beer might be coming back if you were a green flash fan and one thing we didn't get to talk to about it last week i really wanted to talk to at least throw this in there but we just didn't get to it um <laughs> Everyone during the Christmas time always gets to have that gingerbread house. Well, I think something Miller, Miller High Life, this is not something you actually praise them for, but I like this. I really, really like this. Miller High Life is selling, uh, they might be sold out by now, but gingerbread dive bar kit (laughs) with beer infused gingerbread. Right. That's that is the gingerbread house I would stay up and make. You, you know, I am, I, I am honestly not a domestic fan in any way, shape, or form. I've never been impressed by one. I probably yeah. never will be. But you got to give credit where credit is due. And <laughs> exactly, <laughs> bravo. And honestly, out of out of probably all of the domestics, I think Miller High Life would probably be toward my top. Yeah, if I was like. Tied to a chair, which I wouldn't need to be tied, but to like you have to drink a domestic. Well, you paid for the extra for that, life. so you might as well. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I do prefer it over Budweiser or Coors, mm-hmm. all of those other ones. I would probably take a highlight. So I'll take a Sam Adams, but, and that's about as close as I'm getting. Uh, no, they're not. They're still technically craft. They're still technically craft. I mean, technically, but I, that's I, as I'd close have to as go I'm domestic. getting. I'd go like. Elysian or Ten Barrel. Oh well, yeah, you know, I mean or Goose Island. I mean, I'll I, go. I'll go Bourbon County all day long. Oh yeah, but no, I I go Ten Barrel Pub Beer. Like I'll I'll drink pub that. beers. Perfect. Yeah, right. perfectly great. Four and a half percent lager. Like, <laughs> what? I did that video of like the worst craft beer versus the best domestic, and I think it was like <laughs> the pub beer, and then they they uh, like tweeted back. Thanks with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Uh, yeah, ten, 10 barrel pub beer, better than all this other shit. And they went, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
Scott sends over $9.99. Thank you very much, Scott. Longtime viewer of the show. Uh, happy final stream of the year, gentlemen. May 2022 be just as successful with less Rona than 2021. We can certainly hope. I can hope. Um, let's just say I have some pretty massive plans for 2022. Uh lots of changes all of them for the better and i can't wait to get started like i am so amped for this next year you i can't even explain how amped i am yeah from the plans you're telling me it's gonna be great yes so have you seen the plans uh i have only heard of some plans okay i i, I need to like show you the plans because oh uh, i've seen i've seen structural plans okay yeah you've seen okay yeah I've seen that. Seen structural I, plans. I, you haven't, you haven't, I, I know you're aware I, I, of certain personnel plans. Yes. And there was that too. Yeah. There was that too. Yeah. So, uh, lots yeah. of good things coming. Like lots I am, of fun, good things coming. Uh, hopefully even, even more fun. I'm like that content. I'm too. like that girl in the yellow rain jacket with the cotton candy going <laughs> like I'm that. <laughs> now I don't know if that'll be the thumbnail. <laughs> right. Um, although, you know what? I do hope, again, we have to talk about one last thing. Uh, you don't probably know, or it's not in the notes, but you have hit a milestone today. I did. I did. And it's a fitting milestone for the last of the year that I think, as far as not you, but as the spokesperson of the other coast, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. For so. those who don't know... Uh, I can now officially say I have a quarter million subscribers. Yes. Uh, I went full-time legitimately two days shy of 18 months ago. Uh, and I have doubled my sub count since then. Uh, when I went full-time, the day I went full-time, I was at 126,000 subscribers. Uh, when I filmed the video, I was at 125. <laughs> like I, I gained a thousand in like the three days between uh but yeah uh so from 125 to 250k in just under 18 months and dealing with dealing with not the right word for all of this but in the midst of like having my basement and studio flood and the birth of my third child and and everything else that's gone into it like just freaking awesome. Yep. I was going to start the show in my my opening monologue by saying, you know, a quarter million people can't be wrong, but that's how we got COVID. Uh, <laughs> uh, sincerely, thank you all. This has been so much fun. And if you guys are excited for like the content that I'm normally bringing out, I am so amped for what I'm going to do this next year. Like I have so many cool plans. You don't even know. You don't even know. So John sends over a $25. Thank you. Congrats on 250 K. Thank you very much, John. Much appreciate. Uh, Tom sends over $5. I do remember you, Tom. I've seen your, uh, your, uh, oh, I remember profile Tom. pick around long time since I've been awake on the East coast, but congrats on the subs. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. And thanks for, uh, hanging around. Now, the one thing I think that also helps Jeff's the sub count is probably the culture that we've built around here. And if you want to be a part of that culture, in all honesty, 250 subs, 
can't be wrong. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, there's a growing Discord culture, and that culture is even better. Uh, and a minute, if you'd like to be a part of that, you can just go click in the description below and join there. It's a middle of a dollar, but you can always do more. And I'll say literally puts fiber cable in the back of Jeff's <laughs> house, lights on behind <laughs> oh, him. Thanks. So, <laughs> uh, but the community, again, I cannot stress this enough, is so great. Uh, it's humorous. It's personable. People that either have different opinions on there, it doesn't matter. You're building friendships, relationships. We are extremely respectful of everyone, of everything. There's humor, drinking, food, uh, music, movies, cars. The amount cars, of moderation trade. that's required is surprisingly low for a community of almost a thousand people. Exactly. Right. And again, I have to say our, our mods are excellent, awesome mods too. So shout out to you guys for doing the job so we don't have to do it. We can just sit back and relax. And the community is not what it is without you guys. But again, if you're on any Discord community, anything like that, any tech one, join ours for one month. I dare you, I challenge you for one month, do it for January and find a better one. <laughs> you if, can't. If, 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 you're, can if I'm wrong, you can't. if I'm wrong, I'll drink a beer. I don't know if there's ever been a lower bar set, John. <laughs> I'll drink a, a <laughs> I'll drink a triple IPA. I, I get to pick the beer. <laughs> if I'm wrong, Jeff will drink that pickle beer. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> John better not be wrong. <laughs> uh, Novella Hub wants to know if I'm adopting Steve or John to add to my family. <laughs> Uh, yes, in fact, just if you follow me on Twitter, bill. I built John his own bedroom here under the stairs. We call it the Harry Potter suite. <laughs> as long as it's next to the beer fridge, it's fine. Uh, it's kitty corner to it, but easy access. Fine. <laughs> Magically, <laughs> asbesto, <laughs> biro. You're going to be more like Gollum after three months. <laughs> just be. <laughs> the door creaks open. My precious. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like a Bud Light. It's mine. Oh, mine. <laughs> Is Craft Computing and Hops and Brews doing a dry January? Dry hopped January. Dry maybe. hop, sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> no. Uh <laughs> I did a dry January of sorts last year where I only drank when I was on camera. Um and I did it more more than anything just to like check in with myself, going Am I drinking too much? Is this a problem? Is this? Nope, I'm good. No. Nope. So. Yeah, no, honestly, I will do that quite often. Yeah. If I ever, uh, if my wife's even just, hey, I, I think it's like, you know, I'll, I'll do this. I'll prove it to you. I'm fine. One month, I'm like, you know, I will only have one drink a week. Yeah. If that. Yeah. You know, and then if last year, again, I wasn't January. It was technically April. I tried to do it in March, but. A whole month of non-alcoholic beers. If you don't believe me, I have the videos to prove it. <laughs> he was more of a wreck at the end of that month than I've ever seen him drunk. Like, <laughs> like you're you're the bender of humans. Like you need beer to function, need John. Beer. <laughs> so sober. So sober. I need it. Uh, I still have the. Bender, you're blowing a point oh eight. You're stone stinking sober. Please. 
a little malt liquor or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then there I'll was, tell uh, you when I haven't had enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, honestly, though, if I, I do encourage something like that, whether you feel something's going on, or I do encourage just just try a self challenge. Yeah. You know, check check yourself. Um, if you ever felt yourself going too far, you know, yes. one month you're like, wow, I, I I drank too much that one month. Try just cutting back. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I I we, I we we do enjoy the beer culture here, but we also promote safe drinking. Right, safe drinking, self self moderation, etc. Like yep. that. I have a number of friends who either struggle with alcoholism or or just aren't drinkers in general. Uh. My dad is one. My dad will will have a beer. Uh, he, he's never done a shot in his life. He will never do shots. He's not the kind of person that really you want to pressure into drinking at all. And I never do. It's like, hey, would you like a beer? And he goes, yes. Or he goes, no. And it's cool. And yeah. I, I hate the kind of people that pressure people into drinking in situations where they don't want to drink. Um, like me, I'll almost never turn down a beer. But I will turn down the second beer because I'm at someone's house I'm, or I'm out and about or I'm, I'm driving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, you know, anytime I see you guys, it's like, hey, you want to hang around for 20 minutes, have a beer? Absolutely. Hey, you want another beer? No, I got things to do. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it's it's well, that's the nice part. Like, I think all of us pretty much kind of realize that. So we're like, hey, you want a beer? OK, you and I, let's split one. Yeah. You know, uh, and okay, hey, let's let's okay. Now we can split technically two, but the equivalent is we both had one. Right, right. Is was I opened only two bottles. Yeah, and I opened up two. You know, it's usually a can. Yeah. So you got eight ounces. I got eight ounces of a you know a double IPA. Right. So here's eight percent, but you only got eight ounces of it, and I got eight ounces of it. So now we can enjoy two, but we still technically yep. got the exact same of drinking one. Refuse the second beer unless Corsair is buying. Uh, actually, it's the A data parties I tend to drink a little too much at, but I have Uber service afterwards. That's all that matters. Yes. No, that's always nice. Yeah, no, I I do love, even last year, I still get a lot of comments on my non-alcoholic of like, yeah, I uh, here's my favorite non-alcoholic. And I'll still yeah. talk to people during this time. Here's what I found out. And people still appreciate that type of stuff. Yeah. So being responsible is the part that people mess up. I, I wouldn't even go that far. I would I would say sometimes it's not even on them that they don't know they're being irresponsible. Uh yeah. alcoholism is a disease just like anything else. It's a it's a disorder in which your brain ceases to function when it comes to consumption of alcohol. Um and what's really funny is people will I've been recognized a couple of times and whatnot. And everyone always thinks I'm this stumbling, bumbling drunk whenever they see me because I've never not seen you without a beer in your hand. Oh, yeah, I know it's that. It's because feeling. I film myself 20 minutes a week. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, e even before this channel, Jeff, you've known uh, what, what was the uh, you know res uh, perspective people had on me. Mm -hmm. John's always drunk. like, no, it's just when I'm out and about. And if I'm if I'm by myself, I'm you know, like, eh, I'm just by myself. Yeah. But if I'm at a community, I'm big and loud and bold. Yes. I'm, I'm like sipping on my one beer, though, the yeah. whole time, yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's like, wow, he's had like seven beers. No, no, no he's still on that one. No, he's just <laughs> that loud normally. He's just that loud and obnoxious. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
All right, we do have about 10 minutes or so left in the show. Uh, I kind of want to know what you guys want to talk about. If there's Oh, anything... we had one more Super Chat. Oh, we did. Kevin. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. I saw it roll in, and I thought I read it, but I didn't. Okay, Kevin, $20. Thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, only found out about you about three months ago. Well, welcome to the bandwagon. Uh, but really enjoy and get so much out of your content. Keep going. Looking forward to your work in the new year. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And there's actually one above it we missed. Uh, Michael, M-I-C-L-E. Is, yeah. is that the British spelling? It's weird. Uh, congrats on the milestone. Filling my 42U with these videos. Any offline home-hosted smart home plans for 2022? Um, when I moved into this house, I had aspirations, dreams, motivation, whatever, to fully kit it out with like smart home everywhere. Every plug being a smart plug, every outlet and light socket being smart, every light controllable from my cell phone, but all being self-hosted offline. You can see how far I've gotten with that. Uh, the only smart bulb that I have on in my house right now is the one that sits above my bar. Uh, and it's an Edison Wi-Fi bulb. And it is the most unreliable piece of junk ever. And it still requires a cloud connection to be able to control. Um, so if I yes can no. get to that point and I find the right combination of hardware and at like, I, I'm fully aware of, uh, Gosh, what is there? There's two main ones. There, there's a home. There's two home automation, self-hosted, open source. Um, the problem is they are both so incredibly complicated to get into. And I have said many, many times, I'm a great hardware guy. I'm not a programmer. Uh, I, I can barely read HTML. Like I, I am not the guy to have break down your Python scripting. Uh. Or anything else for that matter. I, I don't... My brain doesn't work with the same logic patterns that it requires. Um, John's does. But I'd have to pay John. <laughs> and beer, it's fine. Right, right. I'll do it and beer. Well, there Just we go. Just expensive beer. Right. And therein <laughs> lies the problem, is I don't like sharing my expensive beer. <laughs> I, w I want all of your mother's storms. Oh, all of your... Oh. <laughs> I, I charge a... You're hitting me a, deep a right a now. <laughs> I charge a Bourbon County every 30 minutes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it better be aged, too. I want aged one. Yeah. Every year it goes back. Oh, God. Every 30 minutes it goes back a year. That's going to be a 2020. Ooh, we're down to 2019. All right. 2018. <laughs> well, Jeff, this is like a, <laughs> there's a little bug here. <laughs> Name a code that doesn't have When we bugs. get to 2013, you're going to start rethinking that, though. <laughs> then I'm like, ah, oh, that bug's just a feature now. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done some research into home.io <clears throat> excuse me home.io and there, there's another there's two around that are floating around that are always recommended the problem is unless you can do the deep dive into the actual API of the Wi-Fi bulbs and outlets and everything else that you're connecting to there's not a lot that you can do with that hardware and still keep it locally hosted only uh if you want to just use it as a hub for the cloud connection itself, that's fine. But I don't want any of my devices to be cloud connected. That's the whole point. Um, so 
yeah, I, I would love to do more smart home stuff, but smart home stuff is so incredibly complicated and I just honestly haven't had time to dive into it with both feet because I was afraid I would drown. And <laughs> it would end up being probably similar to your cloud gaming server. Here's episode one and then we're going to tackle it. Yeah. Eight episodes later, still trying to get that light bulb to turn around when I push this button. <laughs> so when I walk in my door, the light should come on. God yeah. damn. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> when it gets 30 decibels in here, red alert goes on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom says, Jeff, I would love to see a series on smart home without Big Brother following. And that's always been uh the goal yeah home assistant and then io dot something or something dot io home dot io there's two of them there's two that are always recommended and they're like try it out it's great it's free it's open source where's the wiki on it we didn't write one <laughs> yep that's that's the way it is yeah. it's open source what more do you need to know someone else has got to write this well kind of works right um, it's kind of like Epson with the Epson Moverio because they say, uh, they say it works with windows. It works with windows in the fact that they give you the SDK to write your own applications. None of the features work on windows, but they say it has windows compatibility. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I gotta get this third plugin to work with this plugin right. and then kind of works and then write this right. code. No way. I got to write it three times different. It kind of does it. Yeah, clap, clap, and then, yeah, yeah. it's done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Freddy sends over $5. Thank you very much, Freddy. I definitely want to see that content myself. I'm opening that can of worms. Uh, let me know how that goes. Because, uh, man, if someone else can do most of the hardware, Open Hab. Thank you, that's the other one. Home Assistant and Open Hab. I could have swore there was a .io something in there, but that might have been homeassistant.io maybe that's their website i don't know uh yeah good luck with that and michael says sounds like we need a smart home discord channel to give uh jeff a learning uh if you've got the chops uh yeah and again though join the discord because there's channels like that to talk about that type of stuff yep. in our discord yep so come on in and get your feet wet the don't make fun. craft computing fall into bite my steps footsteps uh or bite my bits footsteps uh there's a reason i haven't dove into it and i watched his experience with it and went no yeah yeah that and he stole my set design <laughs> hey let's get some floor paneling and put it on the wall <laughs> no it was my brick paneling that he stole oh there's the, that the, too the, the yes, bar. that's right yeah i took that for a while I might see a little. Yeah, bit. I've still got the settlement uh, order. If you if you want to read it, it's publicly <laughs> available. I still got to do the rest. I guess I got to do the rest of my area. Thompson I got, I got Thompson's some... over another five dollars. Unamas just because. That's the best kind of. Thank you, sir. That's that's the type. That's our favorite type. Yes. Of, I'm uh, a programmer stuff. and even home assistant is a chore. It's nice when it works though. Yeah. And that's, that's the experience that's, that I hear from most people. Yeah. I went, I want a cloud disconnected home automation service that will take even just like the generic devices and be able to use them. And even the programmers are going, 
yeah, when it works, it it's it's all right. But getting there, oh man, man, what a chore! Oh, and it like, is. And it, well, that's, what, all that's the not lines. what I'm signing up for. Yeah, no. I, I think I wrote on there. It's like it's just uh, pulling a hair of code and writing it and debugging and just like right. let's write it. Okay, this now one scenario works. If you don't yeah. do it that way every single time, it doesn't. And work. I'm not even looking for the uber complicated home automation in tune with the seasons and like at 7 a.m my lights will slowly come on oh but see but see as me as the programmer i'm gonna like no 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 if we're not doing that now that i figured out the base i gotta figure that out now and and once you figure out the basics if i can start programming the more advanced stuff that's fine but i can't even get to the basic level of functionality with it (laughs) i just want to be able at the end of the night to grab my ipad and go turn all my lights off and lock the door yeah. And so I don't have to walk the house and do it myself. Like that's that's my idea of home automation is having that like centralized control panel either mounted to my wall or accessible on a smartphone or maybe both where I can go, hey, you know what? I want to listen to music in this room. So I'm going to hit this button and this button and all of a sudden Jack Johnson starts playing in my kitchen. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm off and cleaning and doing my thing. That's what home automation should be is it's invisible to the end use case. Yeah. And, you know, like I have someone at the door and I want to unlock the door for them. I can just hit a button and it unlocks the door or turns on the the porch light or whatever. Like home automation is just me not getting up off my fat ass to do something that I could flick a light switch (laughs) for. That's what home automation is to me. I know. I know. The pro, yeah. Home, it's just, yeah. Programming that stuff is dumb. It is. I mean, I, I get the whole point of being a programmer, and even with my company, like, well, Google does it. Mm-hmm. Oh God, don't 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 say that. Don't yeah. ever say that. You you were you just showed how dumb you are, <laughs> you know. And you're the manager. Yeah. <laughs> you're paid more than me. Yeah. You're dumb. Uh, Dustin chimes in and says he switched all his light switches for Z-Wave, uh, mm-hmm. GE switches. I highly considered going Z-Wave. And in fact, I even have a couple different Z-Wave USB adapters that are certified to work with, uh, uh, gosh, what is the home home assistant? Uh, they're home assistant certified uh, Z-Wave USB antennas. And so they'll, they'll dive into that mesh network and they can control just about any device that's connected to it. Um, the problem is Z-Wave is a, technology from like 2001 and it doesn't play completely nicely with everything it's not overly customizable unless you want to dig into the back end of things and and make it all work and even the times that i did get z-wave lights and and switches and things like that to work um they were almost more trouble than they were worth and that's my problem yeah, damn kids never turn things off. Yeah, that's all I want is at the end of the night, I can go night mode and it turns all of my interior lights off and it turns my porch light on and it makes sure all my doors are locked and makes sure my garage door is closed and alerts me to any potential problems. Like night mode, day mode. <laughs> like You say that, but then it's like talking to every sensor and then you have to program right. There are sensor. 90 sensors that need to interface with night exactly. mode. And then how often do you want them pinging back? And sometimes it's just a relay open close. And sometimes it won't remember that you flipped that relay. And so when you, you know, 
it'll sit there and like close again. Oh, flip because yeah. it's just a flip relay. Oh, okay, flip relay. Well, it was on. Well, now it's off. <laughs> Michael says he's actually been working on starting up a smart home business. I've been having a blast Ooh. working on it. I think you would too. By all means, jump onto the Discord, DM me on Twitter. Uh, Twitter DMs are open. Uh, just reference this and I'll respond to you. Uh, but if you want to join the Discord, I'm sure people would be happy to have you. Only a dollar a month. Uh, yeah. The dollar a month is just the troll the troll fee. If you're going to troll me, I'd rather get a dollar from you than not. Uh, yeah. I uh, haven't had that issue with it. What version of Z-Wave uh, sticker are you using? I can't remember because it's been over two years ago. Um, I was researching it before I moved into this house in anticipation for like, when I move in, I'm going to get all new switches and everything's going to be Z-Wave and it's going to be great. And and I could barely get a lamp to turn on. Oh, Michael says it's on Discord already. Excellent. And there you go. Yeah, just just join the chat and just tag. Uh, engineering would probably be the best room for that. Either engineering. Yeah. Level 17 is more maker stuff, but yeah, I'd say engineering. If we could get a discussion going in there and if it evolves into a conversation that needs its own room, we'll make its own room. I'll have to find another Star Trek reference for it, but... You got anything? Well, we already had Cargo Bay. Yeah, yeah we've already got Cargo uh, Bay. It's worth nothing. One troll equals $1. 100 trolls is also only $1. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them ideas, Ian. Damn it. You're the one that stole my troll toll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't say the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is 10.04, Jeff. Um, it is a think a good time to end this and probably get ready for the awesome super secret after show yep. that again, if you are one of the few trolls that do pay that dollar and it can be more, can be a part of that super secret after show to where we get to talk about whatever we want and be a little bit more adult, but we are still very mature in that area. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an astromech, uh, astrometrics already? Uh, we don't have an astrometrics. Uh, we we have we obviously have Wesley's quarters, which is anything which is our our shit posting room where if it makes you yeah. say shut up, Wesley, it goes there. Uh, Tom, five dollars, night night. Thank you, Tom. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll need to think of a name. So we yeah. have stellar cartography for camera stuff. We have engineering for hardware, like computer hardware. Uh, we have communications for networking. We have level 17 for maker, 3D printing, you know. 10 forward for food and drink. 10 forward for food and drink. We've got talking heads. We've got an exclusive talking heads chat where you can yeah. chat about the show and talk about news throughout the week. We've got cargo bay for buy, sell, trade. Uh, uh, clean on opera for music stuff. Mostly metal. Dumb jot arena for sports. Yes. Historical documents, which is actually probably the only non-Star Trek, which but also be the best Star Trek, the best Star Trek modern one uh, reference. Yeah. So you historical are documents for movie fan. and movie and film. Yes, exactly. Those poor poor people. <laughs> you Surely don't you don't reference. think Gilligan's Island is <laughs> such a great movie. <laughs> uh 
All right. Thank you so much for watching episode 216 here on Talking Heads. It has been real here on Wednesday night. Join us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing for daily shenanigans like what you've seen here. Follow John on Twitter at Hops and Brews or any other social media platform. And I do mean any other social media platform. Yes. John, you got anything to plug for anything upcoming that you're working on? Uh, no, actually, I do have, uh, I, I just started working on my new studio. It's a bit echoing here, so I'm going to be working on that. I'm uh, going to do a couple just basic beer reviews real soon, but I do have some a very cool scientific video hopefully coming at the beginning of the new year. So I would stay tuned for that one. Nice. All right. Uh, hit like on this video if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you like the content here. Think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. Dollar a month gets you exclusive access to the Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the after party, which... Uh, is like talking heads after dark. It's a good yep. time. It's a good time. Anyway, thank you all so much for watching. And as always, we'll see you next week. See you guys. Cheers, y'all.